So this is the this is going to be the podcast, the second part of our podcast for the book, the best we could do. How did everyone feel about this chapter or these the last few chapters? I felt like that. It, it's kind of just heartwarming and but kind of surprising in some places. Like, it isn't turning out that it's like what we expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in uh, page two hundred sixty-seven, I wasn't expecting to see actual pictures that were kind of made in like Polaroid. Yeah, like, I think that was like a really cool concept. Also, it just comes to show the author's um, artistic skills, kind of. Because she drew them very realistically, and I think we could really see that being incorporated in her art, especially seeing the actual pictures afterwards. And yeah, I guess like Soleil said, it was it was heartwarming, but also it's also like a pretty heavy topic as well. Mm-hmm. I think for me it just got heavier than like mm. what I originally thought it'd be. Because like remember the, before the podcast, it was really heavy, but like yeah. it just got worse. Like I, I, I think it's probably because of the war and stuff like that, and like more of the firsthand experiences. Mm-hmm. It's more detailed in that, so I think that's what made it more heavy. Yeah, um, let's start about let's start talking about chapter six. So, um, as Ma speaks to Thee's husband Travis, Thee, um, Thee like narrates for herself. She says that um, I understand why it was easier for her to sw- her for her not to tell me these things directly directly and I did want to know but I, it wasn't easy for me to swallow that my mother had been at her happiest without us this is on page um, 191 um, thank you <laughs> why do you guys think that why do you guys think why do you guys think that Ma couldn't say these things to her children and like why would why would it have been easier for her to say them to her son-in-law I can kind of answer I can try <laughs> try and answer um I was thinking it was probably because she doesn't feel, she feels maybe it would be hurtful for her to say these things in front of her kids because they're kind of, it's not really positive about her kids. So maybe she feels like it could hurt her kids' feelings. And then also I think it's just easier to say things not to a person's face when you're talking about them in a non-positive way, I guess. Yeah. I think it's easier to say things to people that aren't that close but like because if they're close they stay like forever sort of ish but like if they aren't that close um it feels like even if they know nothing much can be like there won't be a negative like even if there's a negative response that person is important in your life yeah but like if you say it to somebody close and they have a negative response the impact would be greater because you know you like them and all Mm -hmm. i mean ma has been through a lot right so maybe that's why she says some of those Mm, some of those words. Yeah. I think that Ma just doesn't want her children to see her differently after like explaining her past and stuff. She wants them to like still see her as they used to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So also on two on page two hundred and seven there's a quote that is the contradiction in my father's stories troubled me for a long time. Why do you think? I I was kind of curious, like why. Wait, wait, one, what, one? Two oh seven. Why couldn't she live with this contradiction, and could she learn to live with it? Wait, 
so why the contradiction is what's a contradiction I like basically um when like his like the person's ideas like you know um go against one another oh. like they they don't they're not like together they're like okay they're like <laughs> <laughs> they're like um fighting like so mm-hmm. opposite question like if her father was actually like saying the truth or just defending himself like are you lying to me sort of mm. yeah that's kind of like that's what i would say that's what i was saying but like you said it in a more better way <laughs> okay so um <laughs> and i think also in a lot of times when we're learning about war if your country is the country that has participated in the war, you usually hear it from one side. Usually the countries would be like, oh, people from our country are the good guys and the people who are against our country are the bad guys. So for her to learn about more in-depth things about um, the war, especially since she's from that country, would kind of be a contradiction from all the things that she's heard ever since she was a kid. So I think that was what it would tr- why it would trouble her a little as well. Mm-hmm. Um, also on pages 206, 208, and 209, there's images of Saigon ex- excavation. How do I say that word? Oh, execution. Execution, yeah. Um, it's the, it's a Pulitzer Prize winning photograph with the fate of the executioner on page 208. Um, I think the power that this image had on America was it was kind of showing how how we were treated like we as in the Americans were like treating Vietnamese people and how violent the whole war really was but yeah. I think like the Vietnamese people like tortured Americans yeah yeah but Nobody I think it can be right in the war you know and yeah true both sides obviously did lots of messed up things Okay, did anyone else have anything to say about chapter six? Oh, just the um the wedding and the birth of the first child weren't like nine months apart. Yeah. I just I just felt like the author actually noted that. Like it was sort of sort of like hinted under what she was like saying like um the relationship between her parents like the wedding might not have been completely like just because of feelings yeah that, that was what i like thought mm. but like the author didn't really say it as if like the author doesn't want to know either yeah mm. maybe she like brushed over the topic because she didn't really want to dive deep inside of that yeah uh for chapter seven a lot of this chapter is like narrated visually like the photos i feel like are they're speaking much more than the actual text in this chapter um i thought that this was kind of because some of the emotions and the stuff that she was drawing it was so hard it was harder for her to 
tell put it in words. Yeah, and like speak it. It was easier for her to draw it and write it down and show instead of tell. Yeah, I agree with that. Like I mean, if you look at like two hundred four page two hundred fourteen, you see all those like dead little kids on like the top corner and like everybody's trying to like get out of the you know, of the whatever trying to get out of it. And it's like you can't really use words to describe that. Yeah. Sometimes you just can't like you can't describe someone's expression that well, but when you like draw it out, you can clearly see what expression like the the people are having and how they are actually feeling. Hmm. Uh, a lot of this chapter also reminded me of Anne Frank, kind of just because it mm-hmm. was like escaping yeah. and stuff, and I feel like it was kind of cool. Not not cool, but like it was interesting. <laughs> Because it's the dynamic of like a family and their kids trying to escape this fate that a lot of people that they used that they knew are now dead from, you know. Mm. Yeah. Does anyone else have anything to say about chapter seven? like about chapter seven but i would say like um i just noticed to be honest so like um the pictures they all have like three colors it's always black white and red and i feel like that symbolizes something it feels like it's more like black and white like saying how like you know it's kind of gloomy and then red is just like you know blood and war yeah. like since the whole story is actually a little bit talking it always revolves around war so I think that's why they added the red, and it just gives like this creepy mm-hmm. and also like um, serious feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Also, the colors of the flag of Vietnam is red. Mm. Oh. Interesting. Alexander. <laughs> 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 Some pages have a lot of structure and some pages don't. Yeah. Yeah. So you can really see that there's art happening. Okay. So we can move on to chapter eight. Uh, this is on page two hundred sixty-nine. <laughs> the refugee camp was also a place where many people. Oh, there. This is a quote. Two hundred sixty-nine. Uh, the refugee camp was also a place where many people reinvented themselves. I was like. Would you, would you guys reinvent yourself if you were in this situation? Or stick to who you are? Mm. I think that's quite a hard question. Because yeah. <laughs> I feel like none of us really have 
that type of experience, it's hard to say what we would do in certain situations. But, in my opinion, I probably would. Just because of the fact that there's so much discrimination towards refugees and other things, I would probably disguise myself as someone else. Unless I'm really like loyal to my country and I'm loyal to who, where I originated from and who I am, then I would probably stick to it. But in this case, in order to blend in, I would probably like change my name or change the way I like talk and stuff to get to know about the culture of the country that I'm moving to. So, yeah, it's. I feel like it's actually really hard to actually keep like your own like identity from like where you were in the past because like you want to survive in like an environment that's completely different. So the only thing you can do is actually to just adapt to the environment and like get used to it, like copy what the other people are doing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like I would try to change, but I'd ultimately fail. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it depends on how bad the thing is, but if it's really bad, then maybe maybe I'll be like a little bit depressed and a little bit emo-ish. But like, <laughs> but like, um, I don't think I can actually change because I think that's hard. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to change. So I would try, but I wouldn't succeed. I would just I would try, fail, and then give up on changing. Mm-hmm. But like, still want have like the desire to change, but I just don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess just you know, sometimes just changing this whole thing is kind of hard. I mean, for my life's sake, yes, I will try to blend in, but if I think I might fail because I love Taiwan too much, just so like, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I love my country. Yeah, I think it all kind of depends on the circumstance and if, because you know, sometimes um, some countries are angry at other countries. So you don't, if you're in the country that's angry at your country, you don't want to be mm-hmm. that ethnicity or that from that country. So if I was in their position, I would probably try and go to France because they already spoke French. So that would be what I would try to do. Um, On page 285, there's images in the top two panels. Um, I I was thinking about how different the clothing is, how different the like just vibe is of the American Vietnamese family and just the Vietnamese family that came uh, to America just then. Yeah, I think it also has a lot to do with um, culture and also the environment. Is Vietnam really like a hot climate? Yeah, it's like humid hot. Yeah, it's like humid hot. I think that's where the clothing originated from and also, yeah. Yeah, you can clearly tell the differences between those two. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, just looking back at the shoes, like, the sandals and, like, the sneakers, you can, like, see that there is this distinct cultural difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys can come in a time. Um, yeah, I thought it was just kind of cool how she, sh- she really, the artist or the author, she really did a good job at, tra- at showing the differences between, like, the families. Yeah, and I think you could kind of see a little bit of a discrimination in the in the dialogue. Yeah. It's like, don't be such a refugee. Eat it in a bowl with some milk. About the cereal, eating the cereal out of that. Because I think she was kind of embarrassed that her cousins were acting that way, which I think 
technically you can't blame them, but also I could understand where she was coming from since their cultures are so different. Mm-hmm. I, I would also like to point out that um, if we know just like a little bit differently, technically the skin color is in a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think like that was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. I didn't realize, I didn't notice that. And like if you go see like the bottom one, the where the refugee thing, it's also like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more of a small detail. Look at you, noticing the small things. Okay, let's go to chapter 9. So there's a quote on page 296, which is, um, my family kept sparse records of our existence. I was kind of like, I was kind of confused with that, and I didn't really, I, I wondered what they what they considered important enough to be inside of the brown folder. You know, it seemed that they put in awards and more academic, academic related things, like more official documents instead of keeping memories, like photographs and stuff like that. I thought that was something. I don't know why people pay attention to grades more. Yeah. Asian, Asian heritage. Yeah, it feels like, like such an Asian thing to do, but yeah. that's so yeah. stereotyped. At the same time, it's kind of true. Like, the awards are, like, basically their future. Because, like, they want their children to, like, of course, have, like, a better future than they did. And education is just basically, like, I mean, in terms of, like, Asian parents thinking, education is, like, the most important thing ever. Like, if you have, like, if you are you don't do well in school, you're not gonna have like a good future. So yeah, the important documents are. I think really I, uh, I think education is important. Yeah, but if I were to look at back like for like the important collection, I wouldn't collect the awards necessarily. I think I'll collect more of the photos because mm-hmm. like I rather like if I grow, I rather look at photos and like or smile and. I don't know, past, and then like when recall memories, like, oh yeah, that's what happened, instead of like <laughs> the word, because like at the end of the day, the word didn't seem that important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, especially with Asian parents, or like a lot of parents in general, they correlate good grades and good colleges to success a little too much. So I think that's why they would keep pushing their children to aim for like a really, like, all to be academic achievers and etc. So like, the things that I feel like the pictures that they've taken of them having fun would be a better memory than that one time you got like an A plus or an excellent on your like math test or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. yeah. I mean score isn't everything. There's also like, you know, honesty, um what are the traits? Oh thinkers, caring. It's not just like <laughs> academics. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, let's go to chapter 10. There's chapter 10, they talked about um, how her mother called herself me, and it's a term used in the North, a weighty, serious, more elegant word for mother. We preferred the southern, southern word ma, a jolly, bright sound. We, instead, we insisted fit her better. I was kind of thinking how, oh, that kind of relates to English, where it's like me and ma, but it's mother, mom, mommy. You know, like I feel mm-hmm. like if I'm kind of in a bad mood. Mother movie, sounds like really serious. Yeah, yeah, serious or, or like horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'll call my mom. I'll call my mom if I'm like angry. I'll be like, okay, mother. You know, like, but normally I feel it feels like more like I don't know. For me, it's not really use mother. 
feels like um you know horror movie stuff and then it's like not actually the mom but like it's the mother and then like uh, and then like there's like the knife and stuff like that i don't know maybe i'm getting best yeah yeah i'm oh getting off the topic but yeah 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 i just call my mom mommy in it spanish it feels more distant it feels more distant when you do like a like a very like it's like so yeah. cold like mm. mother like disregard yeah yeah, it's kind of like I'm trying to imagine how the conversation would have went. Mother, like, yes, mother. Like, yes. I feel like I've heard you uh-huh. say that though. As a joke to my mother. Uh, not to my mom. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. So that's. I think that's literally all we have time for. But does anyone have closing thoughts about this book? I recommend everybody who like wants to think deeply about like war or family. And how war could impact our lives with this book. Yeah, I think it just impacts. I think her son, I think it was his son, should read the book. Mm. Mm. Oh my gosh. Like like the last few panels were just for him, and I think, like, yeah. You should just read it. Yeah. I feel like the author did, like, a very good, like, I think her decision to make this a graphic novel instead of, like, an actual book with words was a very good decision because. A lot of the things inside this book, they they can't be described in words. They had to like be this, like they had to be shown instead of like described. So it was a really, I think, yeah, sh- she made the right choice when making this a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's it for our first <gasps> our first month of podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah. Do we have a next book? Next book is gonna be my mom's ordering you guys all Amazon copies. Oh. Oh. What's the book called? Okay. For it's us? Yeah. To keep. Oh. No. It's way. like um. Honored. It's the it's the author that's coming. This book. It's Laura, also Laura. Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. oh, question: oh. Did we change seats in English? Yes. Let's go. Well, I mean, I have to leave right now. But like before, it was just me, and then the rest like they were all on the other side of the room. 